While I Talk with Will and Dan is brought to you in part by Porter Dock Docks and Lifts, Muskie House Marine, Woman Lake Lodge, The One Stop in Longville, Full Stringer Bait and Tackle, and Ranger Nets. What is the most glorious podcast in all of the land? <laughs> I'll tell you. It is While I Talk with <laughs> Willith and Danith. Far better than any other podcast within a five mile region. It is truly glorious. <laughs> I'm Will. I'm Dan. Welcome to All I Talk. Um, I feel like we're in the thick of it now, right? Dude, it's, it's, it's past Memorial Weekend. Right. We don't have any tournaments for the foreseeable future. I know. We are going straight to grind season today. We should find a tournament to fish. We should. For the like middle of the summer, even if we oh, suck yuck. at it. I, still, though. What, do you want to pull crankbait somewhere? Why not? Uh, At least terrible. it's something to, like, think and talk about. Don't you feel like there's a huge Leech Lake Walleye Tournament void? There is. There's, there's no MWC on Leech. There's no Leech Lake Classic. What do we have? We have the, um, the AIM that we could fish. I know. Why? Then those are, like, oh. just July 11th and 12th or Oof. something. Ooh. Not not for us. <sighs> Obviously, other guys do well in them. You and I, not so much. Mm, not so much. Hard to jig a fathead that time. <laughs> but we'll give you the old college try. <laughs> well, you gotta you gotta be jigging a fathead in thirty eight feet of water. Ooh. But somebody's gotta win it. Right. Right. Um, yeah. So the, today we're recording on Memorial Day. Thank, Thank you, everybody. Yeah. Thank you for your service. And uh, good weekend in the in the rear view. Great, great fishing uh, over the weekend and great fishing up ahead, I would say. You know, something that we don't do, but people were really doing well at is crappies. People were wailing on yeah, crappies. Yeah, That was actually pointed out to me today. Uh, <clears throat> I had a full day trip, and walleye fishing was so good early on that... They wanted to go crappie fishing, and I knew they wanted to go crappie fishing. I had, like, bought bait for it. This was on leech. I could not catch crappie. I had, I mean, I could have gone one, a couple other places and maybe caught a crappie. Uh, Would it be really swinging for the fences? Yeah. 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 And I just, it was easier for me, far easier for me today to catch a walleye than (laughs) to catch crappie. And I I told these guys, like, when we were, we'd filled up and they like felt great about their walleye fishing experience i said like here are your options and the crappie option i am a much better walleye fisherman than i am a crappie fisherman in the spring i just don't get that much interest in them and therefore i don't really know right what they're doing uh, i had the same situation last year where we filled out in like an hour mm-hmm. and they were like oh well that was fun yeah let's go do something else it's like i don't know how <laughs> Like, I dug through my boxes and boxes, and I found a pack of white twister tails. And you know what happened? We caught more walleyes. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to find a stupid crappie. It happened to me last night, too. I, like, uh, they, these guys like eating pike, so I was, oh, we can go, I can go and wrangle up some pike. And we caught, like, five walleyes <laughs> trying to get a northern to bite. <laughs> uh, That's um, pretty awesome. Uh, just a quick update. I was at uh, Pikedale Lodge. Been there a lot this week. And Carl, our friend Carl Swanson, 
was wearing a walleye talk t-shirt. No, he was not. Yeah. Thank you, Captain repping, Carl. Repping the walleye talk t-shirts, repping the podcast. What a good dude. Mm-hmm. So we've got the shirts for sale still. Seems like every time we post a podcast, we sell a couple of them. Um, Thank you guys for who who's people who have purchased them so far. Matt Alger bought four of them. Nice. Thanks, brother. Yep. That's awesome. We got a reorder on the way, too, because I'm real bad at apparel orders. So Not very good on the smaller. Smaller or bigger. Yeah. Very, uh, very much for the in-between person. <laughs> Aiming for the average size the human. Um, <laughs> sorry for the outliers. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Alyssa. Uh, you don't qualify for the average size human uh, so far. Um, this week's episode, we had a question from, or a, a hypothetical from a, a what if, I guess, from a listener asking which pro angler we'd like to fish with. Um, we'll do the re- week in review, a quick comparison of 2019 compared to 2020. Um, something else Dan wrote, uh, would you rather... Uh, preview and something else Dan wrote. He's got a horrible <laughs> handwriting. That is straight gibberish. Book right. something. Breakoffs. 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 Terrible. Break Just ups. terrible. And Dunzo. Dunzo. Oh, like Bunzo. Yeah. But Dunzo. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. Now that's how it's going to go. Let's take a break. <laughs> Having fun in the sun on the lake all day long. Florida. Porta-doc.com. Find your local Porta-doc dealer today. Porta-doc.com. <laughs> What's up, Dan? We started it just a second too early. What happened? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Will. Hello. Which, oh, this same, this same question came from, from a guy who is fishing leech, fishing a popular place on Leech Lake, and... Thought he saw lots of over twenties getting boxed, and that's that. You get that. You have the right to do that. Perfectly you, legal. You can keep one over twenty inches. Um, my rule that I I'm feeling better and better about it now is I'm trying to keep them under twenty two, and I I do think that's all right. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna let folks, especially this year, we only got two people in the boat at, all season. Um, that means they get two overs, and if they're between twenty and twenty two, I think that's okay. It's the same creature as a 19 and three quarter. Lots of guys don't even think, they would never think twice about boxing a 19 and three quarter. Right. So I uh, think that a lot of them are males. I when, really do when think When we killed the hell out of them back in the day, uh, I would say, so we used to, we used to cut up 25 inchers mm-hmm. and like two thirds of them would be males. <laughs> yeah. In the wintertime, you'd know for sure. Uh, <laughs> Easily two thirds of them were were boys. Hmm. Uh, Interesting. So, I mean, just. But as the point that he was making, which I also agree with, is he he thought he did see lots of like big fish getting big, big. boxed. Yeah, and the spotty fishes is known for kicking out lots of big fish. And we've mentioned this before, like. Uh, that spot is for sure. Those fish get recycled. Those fish will bite tomorrow right. and make a good bite for you or the next boat tomorrow. Right. They're not going to be, they're not going to vacate. They're not going to shut off for a long time. They're in it for the long haul. Yeah. Our, our fun springtime spots that you can pound on them pretty good, you catch the same fish a bunch. Uh-huh. If 
you let that fish go. Right. So uh, I think our listeners probably do a lot of that anyway. He also pointed that out, that people boxing 26s are probably not listening to, <laughs> listening to our podcast. Right. But they fish three times a year or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but his question was, which pro angler would you choose to fish with? Um, so one thing that, you know, I've always fantasized about being a, a professional fisherman, you know, it's every little girl's dream. <laughs> uh, but Tommy Scarless on the wing dams would be one of the coolest experiences I think a guy could have. Um, trying to see it through his, because rivers and, and lakes fish incredibly different. Right. Same species of fish. Totally different animal. Yeah. Um, and it'd be really cool to see how he reads the current, how he reads the situations on how to approach it. But I would really, really love to fish with Tommy Scarless on a wing dam. Yeah. I think he, he he's a legend for sure. Unreal. And I like that you picked exactly like a scenario to, to have the guy in. Oh, yeah. How about you, Dan? Uh, I think I... I just about just, I doubt he listens anymore. I just about picked Mackie because I'd like to fish with Mackie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think uh, that's more for, like, that would be the entertainment a, a fun purpose? time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But to, to get better as an angler, I think Gary Parsons would be a, a great guy to fish with. And he, the godfather. His is more like, I would be interested about his, his philosophy or his, like, big picture stuff because I've heard some interviews with him and he's talking about, Oh, young tournament anglers and the bad habits they get into and the mistakes they that he sees them make. I mean, he's also able to like identify young anglers that he he says these they're gonna be somebody. So I'm not necessarily a young angler anymore, but that means that he has some trends or like larger picture details that it'd be interesting to know. Um, what exactly he's picking up on, you know? So you're saying he's more like a talent agent. <laughs> well, no, I think he, like, has <laughs> seen the industry for such a long time and seen a bunch of good anglers, and I think he probably... So it's less about, you know, how he's fishing a specific bait or structure and more about... A lifestyle. A lifestyle, like, how do, how, how do you approach walleye fishing in a, in a professional manner where you can get really, really good at it, not just in a guide setting, but in that tournament setting, you know? And I, don't, I have no idea what he would say. You know, is it just attention to detail? Is it um, your prep work? I just don't, I have no idea. I think, I think a lot of it's got to be work ethic, too. You know? Yeah. That, like how you approach your day-to-day operations. Right. If you're consistent or not. Right. But. Yeah, he'd be like a good, like have him walk through... I wouldn't even go fishing with him. I'd have him come fishing with me and then, like, take notes and at the end be like, all right, yeah, all this right, This could be boy. the worst day of yeah. your life. <laughs> yeah. You, Why don't you just stay a guide over here? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're good enough to fish with these guys. Yeah. I'm sure my boat would be, like, far too disorganized, you know? Yeah, in one of the cleanest boats I've been in. <laughs> <laughs> not anymore. Not after this last weekend. It's pretty, pretty messy. That's good. That's a good sign. That's the way it's supposed sign to be. Sign of success. Yeah. Good question. Yeah, really good. Um, how was your week? It was fun. Um, I am now up to three fish with live bait. I caught one more. It was a 14-incher. Mm. It was a nice one. <laughs> um, 
But so I, I'm learning. I, I'm going to keep talking about this because I think it's it's important to me to well, it helps me learn about it. Okay, so I'm I'm fishing with plastics all the time. Uh, I I mean I just I just I've only caught three fish with minnows. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I'm learning is. So I just, okay, I just started experimenting with fork tails, okay? I invested quite a bit of money <laughs> into playing with fork tails, but mm-hmm. I learned a lot in the one time I got to fish with them. Um, so in this situation, I was in very shallow water. Yep. I got a handful of fish to eat a paddle tail, but it's not what they really wanted. And what I think is going on is that when fish are actively pursuing a specific bait, like if, if you are on a true minnow bite, you kind of have to go with a fork tail because it's the most lifelike representation. But if you are seeking out fish that are going to eat probably anything, like if visibility is low and these fish are going to seek out like a vibration that's when those paddle tails shine mm. so like when we were when we fished it was rough it was darkish right those fish chowed right on a fork tail but if they have to on rely on a paddle tail or, i'm sorry yeah on a paddle tail but if these fish are pursuing fish with not just their w- with more sight than anything mm-hmm. they want that flash and they want it worked aggressively so i was able to pop these fork tails um with a, you know, the it was a cadence of two. I'd go pop, pop, and that bait would almost, um, it would come straight up, and then it would dart to one side or the other. It'd go um up and out, mm. and then it would flip down, and when it would flip down is when I'd get bit. So I'd get them to chase that bait when they weren't on necessarily a uh, active bite, but they were pursuing baits. Sure. Right? So, like, a muskie will, will chase a bucktail around and around and around and never eat it. Right. I think walleyes have to do the same thing, but they're oh, more boat, sure. but they're way more boat shy. You hear about guys pulling spinners talking about, I mean, you get bit on a spinner often when you pause or on a turn, and, and they even have some footage where they, like, hook a camera up, and lots of lots of walleyes will, will follow a spinner for a long period of time, you know? And just never do anything never with bite. it. Never bite, yeah. Right. So, I, I almost... I, I'm almost convinced that these fish are, um, like they were probably chasing my paddle tail, but they just wouldn't eat because it was too lackadaisical because there was not enough erratic movement, sure. erratic movement. Um, but with that fork tail, you can get it to move so much more irregular. Sure. Or they eat it. I think that makes a lot of sense, man. I mean, we talk about that trend with a lot of other baits, you know, whether it's pulling crankbaits and making fish have to make a quick decision or jig wraps, obviously. Um, Like overriding the judgment, you know, if you have a fish that's looking at a bait making a judgment, like, should I eat this? And a certain percentage of them, depending on the day, decide, nah, I'm not going to eat that. Whereas you, they are simple enough creatures that some little trigger, some little movement in a bait 
can all that can go out the window, you know. And all really, of a sudden it's just like they're they're just predators. And really it's a simple yes or no question. Right? Do I eat it or do I not? Mhm. And I think having it be more irregular like that, like a like a hurt bait fish makes them say yes more often than a consistent pull. Sure. When when conditions aren't when conditions aren't perfect. Um, but I did outfish minnows 10 to three. Um, so it wasn't like I want, you know, I, I outfished it four to two. Like mm-hmm. I, I, it was, it was 10 to three. Sure. So for sure a thing in that, at least in that situation. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It was, it was really fun. <laughs> Boy, they just crack it. <laughs> Have you yet fished them in deeper water though? Um, like 12, 12 foot. And, and had success. Yep. I had bites in out in that deeper water. Gotcha. But it's pretty it's pretty fun stuff. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how much further I can take this, but um talking about plastics every episode. <laughs> I, I know, but I don't know how much further I can yeah. It, it, I know it's it's like beating a dead horse, but I'm getting better at it and the more I do it the more I learn and the more it's fascinating to me. Um, the versatility that it, that it has. Sure. Um, I probably won't, I'll probably just stick with minnow profile baits for this season. I won't go into anything else. I don't think. I'll be curious if you're talking about it in a couple weeks. Cause like when I hear you, like when I hear you talking about it again, like our shallow water thing is going to abruptly oh. come to an end, mm-hmm. you know? And then, and then if you're able to figure something out, then I'll be, you know what, I think that'll, that'll represent um, a more dynamic bait to me if you can, like, bridge the gap between a couple different seasons, you right. know. Whereas if it's just a springtime thing, while it represents for sure value, if you can fish it through, like, through the second week in June, that'll be something. Right, absolutely. S- something worth noting, you know. I couldn't agree more. And it'd be funny to, or it'd be interesting to talk to some of the, the guys who, like, are the Artificial Eyes tournament yep. team, you know? Because they, I mean, they have committed to artificials, but they also, I think, still have to follow the general trends of a normal pull season. A, pull a spinner yeah. with, a, with yep. a fake crawler. Right, right. Yep. But, I, the, what how, was the... How much do you think they're dependent on jig wraps? A lot. Do you think it's, like... 80% of their arsenal? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think it probably filled a huge gap for them, you know. But but maybe not. You know, you start off fishing, fishing plastics on a jig head, mm-hmm. and then maybe you're pulling spinners with, with artificial stuff, and then maybe they just go straight to pulling cranks, and they get, uh, like, they're good at pulling cranks early in the in the crankbait season, you know, so yep. even at the end of June, maybe they've got a, a good way to pull cranks and catch fish, you know. There's a lot of cranks on the market that you can pull pretty slow. You can pull them super slow, like 1.3. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I don't understand how that's... A, so maybe it's just because I don't have the experience with it, but how is that the appealing way to catch walleyes? It's the system, man. It's like... There's a lot. There's a lot that goes into pulling crankbaits. Oh well. yeah. So it. I think it's not the satisfaction of the bite or even getting the fish in. It's the satisfaction of. I got these fish to bite this. Yeah, 
and and doing it consistently. I mean, I I'm impressed by it. I think it's it's very very technical fishing. I think that's why you and I shy away from it is how much uh, mental math you got to do and calculation and stuff. Because we're not giant nerds. <laughs> the, the nerd the nerd anglers <laughs> catch them on catch them on cranks <laughs> and win tournaments. Only most of the time. Any any trends from... We're in Week in Review. Any trends from your Week in Review? Uh, fish. Fish were really shallow. Like, super sneaky shallow. Um, so they open up the axis I like to use. Um, fish that I am normally on are there. That's, sure. Patterns are holding true. Um, but where I'm finding fish, I'm not finding much for bait. Yeah, I haven't seen a lot of bait in general. Actually, today was a bait-filled day, actually, but, uh, yeah, I would agree. Just surprising to me. I wouldn't think that they... I would think there would be bait there if they were going to hunker that shallow in the, you know, early afternoon with no wind and sun. Sure. They're in 3.7 feet of water. Um, it's just odd to me. Uh, it's not... And I understand the water is still fairly cool. Um well, you would think if they're going to be in there, it's because there's food there now. Yeah, right. Um, but sh- shallow, shallow, shallow. And it's not just in the spots I'm fishing. Um, you know, fr- friends of mine found fish in the same depth of water in different areas. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just being sneaky shallow. I think part of it is just the time of year, because this is the same time of year I caught them in these areas before. But... I think they either push deeper or shallower because people who are fishing, you know, your seven, eight, nine foot are not doing the, that tremendous right now. It's the people fishing the outliers that are doing a little better. Mm. Um, I don't know what causes them to do that. Yeah, I don't, I can't agree with my, with my experience on the water. I mean, I'm fishing a different part of the lake, but I fish shallow, shallow, shallow every day and had very limited success. I'd get a couple fish in there. But I also, there was, we haven't had a lot of wind. I haven't, when the wind blew, they were in shallow, shallow, shallow. But the last few days, we had lots of overcast. It was nice and dark, but they didn't want to be in, there weren't piles of them in shallow water. Did you, what did you have for water temp? Uh, today it was at 62. So I think from, Plenty more. from Friday to today, it went from 58 to 62. Back behind Bear, it was up to 68 in the wow. afternoon. Uh, wow. You know, you're talking about a, a large expanse of shallow water. Dark but, water. Yeah. But uh, my my general shift was deeper than I would have normally liked to have caught them this, for the past week, you know. So, and... Yeah, I don't. I don't think this year is lining up very closely to last year as far as like where I've found fish. You know, like you want to take a break? We better. Okay. If you're looking for a place to spend a week in the Longville area, look at Woman Lake Lodge in Longville, Minnesota. Not just a premier fishing destination, but a great family resort with plenty of activities for you and the kids, and homemade donuts. All right, we are uh, doing 2020 comparisons. I'll just real quickly, I guess, my week in review is that most of my fish came deeper in 14 to 17 feet of water, uh, rigging, rigging leeches, flipping bobbers, a few fish on a jig and a minnow, a few fish in shallow, 
Woman Lake fish are deeper for the most part. Uh, when the conditions are right, they're biting pretty well in 13 to 15 um, jigging a minnow. Um, but lots of the fish are hanging in 18 to 20 still. That's my weekend review. Fishing was good. Ch challenging, but good, I would say. Lots of plants. You're getting lots of plants. My in wife, a red my bag? Wife, my wife gives... In a dirty red bag. What? Oh, I don't know where that came from. All right. Take it up with her. I'll take it up with her. A reed's bag just made an Unbelievable. appearance. Unbelievable. Better than clothing. <laughs> they do have some wonderful PFG stuff. <laughs> wonderful. Um, um, what were we talking about? So we're doing... Got really hung up on we're that. We're doing comparisons. Um, it 2019 is, to 2020. So, so far my season's been much slower. Um, and I think a lot of that is because I've been having to... Well, I'm exploring waters. I don't usually explore this early, you know, um, because they close the federal dam access down. Now, oh. I'm not telling you that, oh, yeah, I'm garbage, um, but that's a little bit what I'm saying. <laughs> like, I have a model that's specifically designed for what I'm good at. Sure. And it totally threw a wrench in my whole model because if I have three hours in the evening to fish, I don't ever go down south if I have three hours to fish in the evening. I right. go north. Because I understand it. I understand the shallow sand. Um, in the evenings, in the spring. Totally get it. Right. Um, so they're like, hey, you know what would be fun? If you had to learn rocks real quickly. Hmm. Um, and it's not my time of year to be down there. So it didn't play to my strength. Sure. So I had to play, you know, I, and I didn't have a ton of time, like, I didn't have eight hours in one day to go out there and figure it out. Sure. I had two or three hours to, hey, go out there and try and catch a walleye. Right. Um, when really you don't know what you're doing right now. Um, so really put a put a wrench in my fishing right away in the season. Sure. Um, and you're in the drive to drive up there. You like you're saying you didn't really even have the time to drive drive north correct. on the water. Correct. Gotcha. It was a 25-minute drive. Yeah. Easy. Right. So, and I wasn't going to, it's good for me to try and learn this too, you know, um, because fish are going to behave a lot differently when the water's 46 degrees than when they're going to behave when it's 56 or 60 degrees, um, which is when I usually head down to the south side. Um, I mean, for, forever I have fished that north end that first couple weeks. Right. And it's been really good to me. Um, so to, to change it up, I've, I've struggled, I'll be completely honest. So, um, I heard it was good up there. It was good up there. When, the one time I made it up there with the long boat ride, we did pretty well. So anyway, um, so I've done a lot worse this year than I did last year, but I also had the best year on earth. Dude, aren't those baits Man. wild? What am I? What do I have in my hands? That is a Lunker Hunt Bento Minnow Dude. Clown Color. Do you like it? I like it a lot. You want another one? It's so pretty. I you don't wanna, even know if I want to fish with it. You though. have to. I have an extra perch. I've got three perch. You can have one perch. Wow. Dude, they are they're wild, and they bite them so well. They just stink and dance in the water, but you want to go an eighth of an ounce lighter than you would usually go. 
Learn that from Mark Prodak. MarkProdak.com. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. He doesn't know how to internet. Uh, and why, why an eighth ounce lighter? An eighth ounce lighter? Because if you use a quarter ounce and you're trying to do the cadence of the one, two, um, it won't dart side to side. It will go Just up and up. Just fall straight down. Yep. It'll go up, down, up. Gotcha. Uh, and maybe that'll work, but um, go an eighth of an ounce lighter than you normally would and... I like it. Aren't Super they wild? Pretty. Yeah. That one I cast back in like 2016. Mm. I just found out about it like a couple days ago. I accidentally ordered them. Ac- <laughs> well, I didn't accidentally. I looked them up and I thought I actually ordered the three inch. Uh, and these are four and a half inch. And it turns out I friggin' love them. Yeah. Um, they're, they're sexy. And that perch color. Look at that perch color. Look at it. Just look at it. I'm looking at it. Isn't that insane? It is. Wow. So it's got a Chinese finger trap in there. So... If you ever want to just take it off, just cut oh. your jig off. I thought you were, like, joking when you said that. It's That's literally, like, the Chinese finger trap uh, woven woven material. I had to tear it out of there because the, pla- the back end of the plastic got bit off by a pickerel. Mm. Um, and it just come right out. Um, and it's a Chinese finger trap. Interesting. It is interesting. But try them. You might hate them. But it's, I think it's important to throw them on braid, I think. Specifically? So you can move them. If you move them too lightly, I don't think they do what you need them to do. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Anyway, to this point, um, I'm still fishing, compared to last year, I'm still fishing the same depth of water I was last year. Um, but up, up north, but up like, north. but not finding them on the south side in those. Depths. But I'm also not finding the densities I found last year. Mm. But last year was the best year ever, so it's hard to come back with another best year ever. Right. Because um, it did. Last year it didn't even really matter, right? You could go if you wanted to go fish the humps. We did have a real good spring. You could just go pound them on the humps. If you wanted to find them in shallow, you just caught them in shallow. Right. Um, they just kind of happened to be conveniently in fishy areas. Yeah. Where I don't think they are this year. Um, part of the reason being, you just look at the weather. Like, so last year, the whole spring was rainy, cool, windy, mm-hmm. and awesome. This year, it's been warm, calm, and garbage. <laughs> Like, who wants sunshine and calm? <laughs> what kind of America do we live in when we don't want the rain? I would agree. I've been... This well, is Bush League. I want... I, my boat's built for, like, a bunch of people and, uh, like, a <laughs> bunch of waves. And now I can only have two people, and it's only calm out. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well buy a bass boat. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that our progression is just like it's ahead of where we were last year. I I think fish are moving to locations that they're that they're in um, typically a week a week ahead of time. But we progressed really slow last year, didn't we? Yeah. So I was I was trying to think about that because I have some customers that like always fish um, Memorial Day weekend, right? So I can attach like the memory of fishing with them to where, where we were. And yesterday, my customer yesterday, I know that I had fished the humps with them one year prior, but most of the time it was shallow rocks. Um, and so, yeah, maybe, maybe last year was just slower than, than usual, but. Cause it was cold right now. 
Memorial Day weekend was cold? It was no. Yeah, no, the weekend itself was warm, but up to it was cold. Okay. I, I feel like the weather for both the tournament, the tournament was like super perfect fishy weather. It was super but fishy. But Saturday and, oh, no, that in the tournament. is a week after Memorial. Right. And I was actually thinking about the one-stop mm. tournament. Memorial Day, I think. But that was rainy and calm, the one-stop tournament. We had a little wind. Oh, it was windy. Yeah. But I, not, I didn't. Not like it, ripping. It was an east wind because I didn't have anywhere I was. Sure. Northeast. Yeah, east, northeast. Yep, for sure. Yep. Remember it like it was yesterday. I think it's just, I think we're a little ahead of where we were last year for sure. And fish seem to be a little bit more spread out. Um, there's, I like, the one thing I'm really confused about is, like, where the shiner, the shiner bite is. Right? I've seen some fish hanging outside of the, the shiner spawn locations on the east side. Some some bait fish, I should say. Like, oh, maybe the maybe those are the shiners, but um, I don't I don't know where we're at with that. And do the water think, temps are are where they should be to to have it going. Do you think that a lot of it is because it's been calm for four days? Like the temperatures are right right now, but we are lacking the wind, so they're to set concentrate up. them. Correct. Yeah. So they're spread out. These schools of bait fish are out in no man's land because they're not. They're not actively feeding, and they're waiting for the wind to get in shallow. Sure. Um, Could be. I, I hope so, because otherwise we're going to, like, at least on the south side, we're going to miss out on, like, one of the funnest bites, for which sure. is the shallow rock bite. And not miss out, but it's not going to be... Gangbusters. Well, yeah. We did have a little hint of it last weekend, so the weekend before Memorial Day, on with good conditions. Um, but I almost feel like those fish were maybe in there, like, ahead of the bait. You know, they, they get their, their typical, like, ooh, this feels like. Same way you go fish Ginzers mm-hmm. with the West Wind. They're like, oh, this feels like. This Beginning, feels like middle of August? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Overall, I've had, I've had to work harder, I think, compared to, to the last year. Can I ask you a question? Sure. So would you, if it was, a, like, if there was nice creek chubs available, would you use them? Um... Depends as a like depends what the outcome or what the desired outcome was for my customers. For the most part, they like finding eaters is the hard part on the east side. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be running a bunch of creekies. I don't think. Um, yeah, I I I think you'd get bit. I know. Well, yeah. By twenty three inches. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. But I don't think it would. I also think that those twenty three inches are would also likely bite a leech do you think like the 23 inches are like the chubby kids like probably haven't missed out on too many meals <laughs> hmm who is the 23 incher because there's a lot of them out there so george is clearly like a 28 yeah and lee also a 28 yeah lee lives in the weeds though matt would be holmgren but he's like a 19 why He's not a big human. Mm. He's just a little human. So, like, Shaq is a is a 15-pounder out of Erie? Oh, yeah. Easy. Gotcha. Easy. Gotcha. Hmm. Who would it be? Who would the 23-incher be? Mm-hmm. Well, Big Steve would clearly Mark. be a 20. Dude, don't give him that much credit. He's a muscly guy, though. But I'm much stronger, much, much stronger. 
Take him in any fight. <laughs> Take him in any fight. Especially a battle of wits. No, that's pretty close. I'd give you that. True. Good call. Good call on that. I just feel like on Leech Lake, a 23-incher is just like the, the, the standard. There's a lot of them out there. And they're like some of the most to, fun to fight, too. For sure. Actually, like maybe more fun than the 26ers. Mm-hmm. 26ers, are, they look strung out like they've been partying too hard. Just like, fine. I've been eating crayfish for weeks. I know what happens. You get me up here. I, somebody holds me for a while. Hopefully, you don't drop me while you take a picture and then you put me back in the water. <laughs> it's happened to me 34 times. I sit in this ranger net for 20 seconds. Okay, you fumble around with your phone. And then I get pulled out. Somebody cuts this hook out of me. <laughs> All right. Should we take a break? Of course. Walleye Talk is brought to you in part by the Muskie House Marine in Longville, Minnesota. The Muskie House has an excellent team of marine technicians to help keep you on the water. Whether it's routine maintenance or a major repair, the guys in the shop can help. They service Yamaha, Mercury, and Suzuki outboards, and they can help with other small engines to keep your ATV or snowmobile up and running. If you have any needs, stop in at the Muskie House in Longville. So, uh, I had a couple issues the last couple days that brought this topic up where uh, I was breaking off or customers were breaking off on for sure walleyes, or, you know, I was... Pretty sure they were walleyes. <laughs> Rigging leeches, you'll occasionally catch a pike, but most of the time they're walleyes. And uh, the the spots in, in general didn't seem to have like a, a lot of pike on them. And so I was, and that will drive a guide crazy. I, right, to lose fish because of? Of a break-off. Yep. And it, it, it. Like, like not, not knots breaking, but true clean break-offs? Well, no, that, so that's, that's what I think the whole topic should be about because you don't always know. Sometimes you get a curly cue, but other times it's just a clean break off. But sometimes that curly cue just means you're not broke. Right. doesn't mean it pulled out. Right. Right. Um, but it, it borders on, I start to, when it happens a couple times, I start to feel like a little unprofessional, like what is going on with something you definitely have control over? Why is this happening? And it... Uh, so I, it was just I thought it'd be a topic that we could talk about, like why why do breakoffs happen? Um, what causes weak knots? What causes breakoffs when you don't think they should happen? So, and part of it has to do with the fish's attitude. Like if they're gonna hit it with all they've got, I mean walleyes walleyes have sharp teeth. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's the thing we'll never know. I don't think you get bit off by walleyes very often. Hell yes, you do. Not as, not... Absolutely. Compared to a pike? No. So, like, nowhere near the amount of pike. But compared to anything else other than a pike. If something's going to bite you off, and it's not a northern, what is it going to be? Musky. September, October, I'd buy that. Not today. Why not? You said you knew where a bunch of muskies and were. And they weren't living in 14 to 17 feet eating leeches. But you were casting in shallow. Did you break off at all? My knot broke on my floral 
that's later to discuss. With my stuff, I'm going to talk about, not what you're going to talk about. Okay. I don't like to think that walleyes are biting you off that often. Okay. I think that, well, I, I, when, when I get bit off and I think it was a walleye, when I come back, I feel like there's a flaw in what was what, in my equipment. I feel like it's far more likely when you're rigging that you accidentally had, that you didn't notice a wind knot in your leader than it is that a walleye is going to bite you off. I think that is far more likely to happen, that you have a knot in your leader and the, and the leader breaks than to have a tooth get you. Let me play this situation by you. You're rigging a leech, okay? Going 0. 0.5, 0. 0.4, okay? That fish comes up, that you're, you know, you're, you've got your leech like this, and that walleye comes and hits it at a 90, okay? It gets it deep. It just comes up and inhales it. You give it line. Now you've got loose line floating back, and that fish is swimming at still at that 90-degree angle. Now you've got, you know, more than a 90-degree angle coming back to your line, or back to your rod, but you have loose line. You go to pull that back. It runs across the whole face of that mouth full that whole mouth of teeth and they're angry because they got all them teeth and no toothbrush i don't buy it man why because rigging leeches you don't get bit by pike very often and but you get bit and in general i don't but i don't get bit off very often that's why it's like a topic i brought up is that it happened to me t- two times this week and it was both of them i think were were equipment failures whether in it one was drag and and a couple were knots in the leader, and I and you I just think of all the rigging crawlers that you do, mm-hmm. you don't get bit off very often, man, you don't, and they and they're buried in their guts a lot. That's true. So what's the difference? I think it more often has to do with your equipment. Okay. I mean, I, I recognize the, the potential for breakoffs to happen when you're, when you're catching walleyes. So let's talk about rigging crawlers, okay? So when you're rigging crawlers, especially, you know, it's, it's towards the end of leech season. You're, you're more looking at July, August, early September. Um, how often are you catching big fish? Like, consistently 22 pluses. Um... Does this have to do with the teeth? Because the little guys have teeth too. I understand, but they don't have the weight behind it. So you think that sharp tooth, it, it needs it needs three pounds behind it in order to cut your. It needs line. an anchor, right? It needs it needs more force behind it, especially if you're dealing with eight pound fluorocarbon, like that has a pretty strong breaking point, to a point. But if you've got a fish that's got more mass to it. And you're pulling against it, you know, you can pull 14 inches and have less of a breaking point, right? If you pull a one-pound fish, you can move that fish much more easily than you can a three-pound fish or four-pound fish. Hmm. So the, 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 the scenario that brought this up was a customer who set the hook twice and, and came back without a hook, right? Mm-hmm. And then I asked him to lighten up on his hook set. So, like that, and when, when he did that, he caught a fish, and it had three hooks of, three of his hooks in his mouth. The one that he finally got the fish in, and then two others, and they were pink hooks. I'm sure they were, I'm just certain that that was that. Because that, George Wells hadn't been out there in a while? 
Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the variable we changed was the hook set. Now, maybe, but no, it was also busted right at the knot. And I think that's an indicator. Like there was no line on, because otherwise you'd see a on hook. On any of his knots, there was no line? No. Really? No. Well, that's a broken knot. If it was cutting teeth, you'd have a little peg. You would have a tag. Yeah. And have you ever pulled a hook out of a fish that has a little tag? Mm-mm. Just the bait, man. I'm not buying the teeth thing. Oh, I have. Let me tell you. I, well, <laughs> not me personally, but I know a guy who definitely did that once. So I think the leading candidates are, when you're rigging, are your, your drag is too tight. And, and you have the potential to just bust the knot by putting too big of a hook set into the fish without, without a lot of line, most of it's braid, six feet of it is fluorocarbon. I think you can overdo it and bust the, the line. Also, I fish six-pound fluoro for my leader material. I, you sound like you're an eight-pound guy, so maybe, maybe that's part of it too. Um, so I think that's it. And then I think there's also, you if you're not careful as a guide, especially you get, you get little wind knots in your not they're not even i mean it's the same thing it's just like a a half hitch tied in your leaders from twist or people not recognizing that they've you put them in the net and there's a loop and you take the hook out and all of a sudden there's a knot there right yeah Mm -hmm. drives me so even when you're jigging you don't think you get bit off by walleyes every once in a while but nope i think they're pike Hmm. you think they're walleyes i think some i think more times than you think it is walleyes. Do you think a walleye will ever do the thing where it just bites and you don't even get to set the hook? No. Nope. Your, your jig nope. is just gone. No, that that takes a lot of savory teeth. So that that's a, that's reserved for pike, but but bite offs in general, you think? Walleyes I think if are. you get like that that initial bite and then you're following it, you're tracing it, and you get that second bite, and then you set the hook and there's nothing there. I think sometimes that's, I think a lot of times that's walleyes. We'll never know. The world may never know. No. But it's cool. (laughs) It's cool. We don't have to agree on everything. That's what makes this country great. Right. And we'll never know. I'm just going to assume I'm right. Oh, I, I, I know for sure that I am right. Do you actually though? Yeah. I know that, uh, most folks that are listening agree with me. They, don't, they can, and I'll revert to what I previously said. That's what makes this country great. Right. Is you can have your opinion, I can have mine. And, and I can still be right, because the world will never know. I feel like my anecdotal example is for sure the example, like that those, those were not teeth that got those hooks. And anecdotally, you're right in your situation. Right. But in my situation... Do you have an example of pulling a jig out that has like a two-inch tag yes, on it? Yes, I have the exact... You're going to love this. It was two years ago. I first got my June bug jigs. We're set up on a spot, and boom, set the hook. No jig. Must have been a pike, right? Wind it in. Boom, not 30 seconds later, somebody else in the boat got bit. Catches the fish. 22-inch walleye. Guess what's in its mouth? June bug jig. And how much none, line? None. You're how lying. Much? You're lying. I don't even remember. You're lying. I don't remember Empty how much. Empty jig. But the jig was in its mouth. For sure. You can break off on walleyes. I'm not saying that's not, but that's I think it's, it's equipment. That's a, that's a knot breaking. That's not the teeth getting it. 
Wouldn't you agree? The teeth get it, there's a tag, and you've never seen that. It was deep. You've never seen it. Mm-hmm. That would, you would note that for sure if there was a... a I've never paid attention to that. You, because, and you would definitely note it. If, if you saw a tackle in there and there was a little tag in there, you would definitely mm, note it. You give me way too much credit. <laughs> now you're making uh, me stressed out that I'm giving these people false information, but I don't have a clue because I've never had to pay attention to it. Now I'm going to have to pay attention to it. How are, you, how are we going to do this? We're going to be like feeding line to fish with jigs and trying to like <laughs> figure what their angle's at and break it like across their teeth. <laughs> They definitely, walleyes definitely bite you off, but I don't think it happens that often. That's my opinion. And your opinion is that it happens all of the time. No, I didn't say that at all, but it happens more often than you're going to give credit to. I bet it could happen twice in one day. <laughs> and you could still catch that fish. Didn't bite you off. <laughs> Not broke. Not broke. <laughs> all right. Okay. One um, more break? No. All right, let's just rip it. Well, no, we have to because I have no idea what, who's, what would you rather is going to happen next. You're asking me. You're asking me. I asked you last time. Okay, I'm asking you. Four days a week, and I eat fish like twice a month at most. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't eat fish a ton. Hmm. Um, you see it a lot. I think I ate it too much. Uh, now, like I get cravings for it, like this time of year, especially when it's walleye season, like let's go get some fresh walleyes. But I really don't eat it a ton. Um, and plus I'm a northern guy, right? So I live up northern, I need protein, I need a lot of protein to survive. You don't get this belly like this <laughs> if, you, if you don't eat red meat. You don't think the, the fish oil, that's good for your brain. You don't think you could uh, use any of that? Who needs a brain when you've got this kind of brawn, <laughs> okay? Uh, you don't get where you're at in life, you know, working at a gas station if you don't eat a lot of venison, <laughs> okay? That fish oil, what am I going to be, some computer nerd? All right, go learn some science, boy. All right, no thank you. All right. Meanwhile, I took, I went inside for a little bit and you were watching The Office on your phone. It was so funny. <laughs> so, it was the one where Andy's and Sweeney Todd, and I was getting to the end, where it's all Michael's addition, uh, uh, and he plays out this law and order scene. He's like, yeah, there's belts around his neck. Uh, it's a clear sign of uh, autoerotic asphyxiation. <laughs> yeah, I guess in this economy, everyone's tightening up their belts. <laughs> oh man, I laughed so hard. <laughs> so you're the computer nerd? No. Yeah. I just like the office. Okay. No, venison for sure though. I love venison. Right. You can grill it. You can you can grill fish. Mm, yes, you can. But it's not as good. You can fry it. Dude, I know that you fry you pan fry everything. Mm -mm, I grill fish in the summertime. You grill venison in the summertime. I do. I've every time I'm at your place, you're like, "Oh, you're gonna love this," and then you just fry it. You bread it and fry it. It doesn't yeah. matter if it's lamb, venison. Dude, I don't bread the lamb, and the lamb is super good. <sighs> don't you think frying you is been your go-to? Have you ever been disappointed? It is, it is delicious, but you're going with the diversity. So you think, like, you like the diversity of uh, 
presentations for venison over fish. Correct. Correct. Okay. Well, you've been eating a bunch of fish? Me? Big nerd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure, venison. So much, so good. Oh, it's so good. I Remember when I made that stew for you? Yeah, that was very good. I started that in the pan, too. Pan fried it. <laughs> <laughs> Got to make the gravy somehow. Right. You were unhappy with the gravy. It was too thick. Mm -hmm. It come out like a big clump, but it tasted good. <laughs> I ate way too much cornstarch. Half pound of cornstarch is not okay. <laughs> I treated it just like butter. <laughs> I'll just add a little more. Bad idea. That was super good. I should do that again. Let's do the weekend preview. We made people wait this whole time to hear the weekend preview. Uh, what, what's going to happen? Well, it's going to warm up. It, well, I think the, the temperature should stay pretty flat this year or this week for water, water temps. temps. Yeah. We um, do have like our first 80 degree day, I think, on Wednesday. Yeah. But they but, shouldn't climb too terribly much. I wouldn't think no. it's not going to, it's not going to get up in the seventies at all. Right. Um, more fish in the humps. I think those fish, as long as we get some wind somewhere, we're going to find fish on the, on the areas we want to find them. I, yeah, I would guess that this is the week that we've talked about last year where you can catch them any way you want, um, including pulling spinners and probably get a couple on jig wraps if you want. Um, if the wind blows and conditions are right, the, they will still be real shallow. Mm -hmm. um, and then you'll find them out, out deeper. The, the, the fish I found deeper were around, um, there was some bait on the humps that they were on, and they weren't on all of the, the offshore stuff, so... I think that might be important to look for. I'd have everything in the boat, though. God, the shiner thing. I just want them to eat shiners, man. I feel like I buy a couple dozen shiners every morning and then just watch them die in my live well or in my angle, angle. while I'm catching them on leeches. But you have to have them. Yeah. Any day could be like the day you need them. Right. So, um, and two dozen sometimes isn't going to be enough. Yeah, yeah. Does that ever concern you, like especially this time of year where well, they could be on a Shiner Gorge, and here I am fishing leeches, and I only have two dozen in my live well. Yeah. I do think if they're on a Shiner Gorge, though, they, it, if you're out of minnows, you've probably had, a, you, like you said it on the opening day, you know, like if you ran through 30 minnows or, or 45 minnows, you know, usually buy, I buy three dozen for, mm -hmm. for a day, uh, you're probably having a good day. <laughs> and maybe you can figure out another way to get them to bite. Right. They're clearly eating. Yeah. Clearly. And there's a bunch of them around. Uh -huh. Yeah, and that's what, like, if you're going to go through that, you clearly have had, like, two spots that have made your whole day. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Which is pretty cool. I haven't caught a fish on a night crawler yet. I think that, that might happen this week. Have you tried? Uh, I, I pulled spinners for a little while yesterday. Haven't rigged a, oh, I did rig a crawler for a while. No dice. I like rigging crawlers. You know, I don't know why I don't like rigging leeches. Yeah, I feel like they bite leeches a lot better. Yeah. They're, it, I feel like a leech is the easiest one to miss them on, though. They're, they're goofy with a leech on a rig, and I, don't, I can't even, I don't even know what's going on down there. I spent the whole week not dropping line. I just was having people hold it until the fish, like, pretty much buckled, Loaded it, it up. buckled itself and then just, like, put a little bit into it, and that worked a lot better. I feel like you almost have to like, to you almost have to like set a trap on them with a leech. And I don't know what's going on down there. 
if they uh, like chomp them and spit them or what. But for sure, missed fish. I actually had like good bites, drop line, no fish. When you, like you don't even get to swing at them. There's really? nothing there. So I don't know what that's about. Maybe they're conscientious about getting a hook in their mouth and breaking off. <laughs> Maybe that's their problem. They know they don't have the angle right. They're like trying to hang it over their version of a canine, and they don't get it there. They miss it. Like, oh, I'm going to get caught if I don't spit this. <laughs> this is going to give me a mouthache for weeks. Yeah. The only way I'm going to get better is if I keep eating it, and somebody brings me in there, and we get them out. <laughs> Somebody could get their pink hooks back. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of nice. I like re-upped on pink hooks there, you know. <laughs> um, any reports on the littles? I think I heard one good report from a little that fish were, were getting more cooperative, which is, I think, looking back on our years of, of doing these reports, we the littles need a better water temp or a warmer water temp than Opener usually provides to really get things going. Yeah, unless they've got good spawning grounds, like a good river. Right. Um, uh, one of the little lakes that uh, is close to town that I think we could catch a really big fish on, um, people are catching really big fish on mm. out deep, which is, um, it, which is normal for this time of year. Hmm. So... I would really like to get out there if I have the chance because I would like to catch a really big one. Yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah. Rig and leeches. Leeches, 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 I guess. Yeah, when you go, and it seems like they buy leeches better in the spring if we've got a, a series of weather like this where it's calm, it's warm, water's warming up like this. As soon as we get a cold front come in, I think that's when the shiner bite's going to go. Gotcha. Anything else? Mm -mm. Okay. Just a couple burnt out guides talking fishing for a while. It's a good time. Yeah. It's a real good time. This is While I Talk. I'm Dan. I'm Will. I'm going to beat you, Dan. <laughs>